Hello and welcome to this special Dallas edition of the Low Key Podcast, episode 44. This episode is sponsored by Justin's. Justin's creates a nut butter that's naturally delicious with flavors like maple, vanilla, honey, and chocolate. And if you have a sweet tooth, go try their peanut butter cups, which come in white chocolate and dark chocolate. So go to Justin's and get a tasty treat. Now, without further ado, Adrian with Pegasus City Brewery. It's nice, it's easy, it's low-key. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I'm here with Adrian from Pegasus City Brewery. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. I'm 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 enjoying Dallas. Um, had a long drive here. It's really humid, which is terrible, you know. But um, it'll get better. Yeah, not for us in here. We're pretty much going to be in this heat and humidity for some time, but. Um... Yeah, it's been pretty brutal already, but we're used to it now. Nice. Um, so we got some wonderful beers set up right here. Um, some, some, some favorites, mm-hmm. I've heard. Um, can you kind of describe and tell me a little bit about what I'm drinking? Sure. So I poured you the 9-volt first. That's our DPL Trapel. So it's our take on a Belgian triple. Um, we call it a DPL because... It's for the Dallas Power and Light Building, um, which is an Art Deco building that they have. They have two of them here in Dallas, and one of them they turned into an event space, and it's where my husband and I got married. So we went with the Voltage Art for the nine because it's nine percent, and so we have the Voltage in the uh, Power and Light Building for that. It's dry. It's not as sweet as some triples can be, and you can't really taste that 9% as strongly as you can with some other ones. So uh, it's been a really popular choice for especially people that don't typically like beer. Um, I have a lot of friends who've come in and and strangers alike, and we just have them taste it, have them trust us, and and they're sold after that one. So I didn't know it was a 9%. So I started slurring my words. I apologize. It's because I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. It's a tiny taster. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Then the next one we have is uh, the Cannoneer. So that's our bold amber. Uh, we call it bold because it's 7.2. I promise they get better from here. So these are the highest ABVs that we have. Okay. Um, and it's a really good flavor. It's been really popular. Um, ambers are kind of all over the place sometimes in terms of their style and flavor. And um, Will, the brewmaster, has really honed in on what flavors he liked and what the people around him, his friends and family liked, and so we've nailed it down, and, and we think we've, we've got it with this one. So. Cool. So you and your husband started this company, correct? Yeah, me and my husband, and then also we have a, a third partner, Chris Weiss, so he's been a really great friend to us. We all met at the Cedars uh, Lofts, the American Beauty Mill Lofts, down in the Cedars neighborhood, so it's this really cool building, uh, the old flower building 
that they turned into lofts. And it's really a community of people that all know each other and hang out and a bunch of artists and um, really just local people looking to build the community up together. And uh, we all got really close there. And um, so we brought him in when we decided to, to take this thing full. Okay, so, so tell me a little bit about like your journey and Pegasus City Brewery, the, the journey of that. What got, what got you guys started into craft beer and, and brewing beer? So it all started um, back in like 2011 uh, when my husband and I just started dating. And at that time in Dallas, there really weren't a bunch of craft breweries. Uh, it just didn't make sense with the laws at the time. And, um, you know, some were establishing themselves and things like that, but Will was looking for a hobby, and he asked my advice, and he said, should I get a bumper pool table, or should I spend money on some brewing equipment? And I said, well, uh, I don't think I'd like the bumper pool as much, so why don't you do the beer thing? That'd be better. Uh, and he did, and he really just went all in on it, um, really enjoyed it. He loves the science behind it. And so he just wanted to brew easy drinking beers that tasted great with awesome flavor that were clean finishing and refreshing. And uh, he did that. So he started with the Port Jail, the High Point, which is our flagship beer. And he was just looking to make it for himself and his friends. So everybody at the mill got free beer and um, his apartment kind of turned into a tavern. Um, and then from there, you know, we got asked to donate beer for events and to be homebrewers for this and that. And um, I think the clincher for us was when we were, we gave some beer to a, a couple friends of ours for their wedding. And we were behind our homemade uh, ice chest kegerator serving. And uh, the bride said, I'm so, so sorry to, to do this, but my dad will not drink craft beer. So we have to have an ice chest full of these cans of a beer I'm not gonna like out there now but a big name beer that's very light and um, Will got him to try High Point and he did and he did not open a single can the entire evening and wow. converted himself to to craft beer and uh, that's what's important to us and I think that particular event um, and turning you know someone who's drank the same exact beer their whole life to give then the opportunity to find something that is craft, but still, you know, is easy on them to drink and that they want to drink several of. So our motto is that we're porch approved. You know, we started brewing on the porch in the Cedars. Um, everybody drank on the porch in the Cedars. Um, and so we want everybody to just be able to drink our beers one after the other uh, on the porch that they choose. It took a couple of years after that. Um, it wasn't until 2014, 2015 that we really got serious and Will and Chris drafted up a very lengthy business plan. Um, that was a tough time. We made a, a pilot brewing system in our garage, yeah. uh, a five gallon system. So Will knew what he wanted his commercial system to be. Yeah. Um, so he scaled it down and built one and designed it and uh, we converted it to that. And so we brewed every weekend and um, couple years after that here we are nice that's really cool I, I also like love hearing about um, just how you converted someone into craft beer everybody gets to get to that point and that's what you want as a craft brewery is to is for people to get this different side 
of beer, not just this kind of domestic kind of stuff. Yeah, there's other stuff out there that um, isn't scary, you know, just because it's craft. Uh, I think a lot of people are scared to try something new, and they shouldn't be. Uh, yeah. It's all good. So we just try to get them to trust us and, and have a sip. That's really cool. So speaking of some struggles, you, you talked about that. What are, what are some of the biggest struggles you, you guys had in building up the brewery or just something you guys continually struggle with? Uh, I think for us, the two biggest ones were when we were trying to get started, um, we all had full-time jobs. Um, yeah. And then we were doing this as well, trying to get the plan together to uh, really nail those recipes down. So we were brewing every weekend. We were meeting with each other at our house every night of the week after work. And um, we really wanted to devote all of our time and resources into the brewery. And it just, you know, it takes time to for that to be able to happen. So that was a, that was a rough <laughs> stretch there for us. But um, I think two, there's only three of us. Um, we have another part-time friend who, who works for us and assists Will with brewing and he's our cellarman. Um, but we really wear so many hats and I think all breweries do when they start off. And even now as big breweries, I'm sure it's the same thing. Um, we want to do it ourselves. We want to make it with our own hands, and we want to be part of the process. And um, there's just so much to do uh, as a startup that um, it's just taking time. And you know, you just have to be patient. And um, we just want to be out there and doing it all, and kind of having to take a step back and realize we can only do what we can do, and and it'll all come and fall into place. So we all like to build stuff. Um, we built out almost every part of the brewery. Um, and that just, that's very meaningful for us, the passion behind it. Uh, our literal blood, sweat, and tears are in it. Yeah. Uh, and that really means something to us, and I think it means something to our customers when they get to hear the stories behind it and they know that, that this for real is our life and our passion, and um, mm. we hope that we are always able to continue that with what we do. That's awesome. Speaking of passions, what makes you passionate? I know I can't. I know you probably can't speak for Will, but what 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 makes you passionate about being in the brewing industry or craft beer? For me, I think it's um, just the connection to the community that you get by being a brewery. So uh, we made a point when our when we opened, and I know it's only been a few weeks, but we uh, one of our co-founders is always here uh, during the taproom hours because we want that connection with our customers and we want to learn about them and their stories and kind of build a foundation of a friendship and a sense of community. Um, so for me, that's, that's a big part of it, that connection. Um, I think for Will, we were actually talking about this a few days ago. Um, for Will, it's just getting down to just as simple as drinking a beer that he made with somebody else that's a stranger and having a conversation, sitting over there on our little makeshift porch, uh, that's his dream. I mean, that's, that's why he did this. That's, he wanted to make a no-frills environment and beer that everybody can enjoy and that he can enjoy with them and be part of something bigger. That's a really cool mindset to have because I think, I think in, in microbreweries and breweries that's becoming more of a thing is community, like yeah. just hanging out with with people, hanging out with friends, getting to know 
what your craft is. And I think like looking for those kind of breweries, like with that mindset, that's, that's, those are the ones I want to go to, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So what, what was your first craft beer that you had and like inspired you to go through this craft beer trend? I think they're still considered craft. They're pretty big, but I think everybody's was probably Shiner. Mm. Um, I know we have our favorites now uh, that aren't ours, obviously. So Will's is Velvet Hammer. Um, He will order that any day of the week. Uh, He'll only order one, thankfully, because things get a little dicey if he has more than one Velvet (laughs) Hammer sometimes. (laughs) But uh, mine is... uh, Golden Opportunity, Petacolis, so. Petacolis. They're solid, solid people and beers, so uh, those are ours. And I think Chris, Chris grew up uh, in Minnesota. That's where he's from, so I'm not sure what his first craft would have been. Um, but yeah, mine was definitely Shiner. Shiner's a good first. So my, my first was Fat Tire, and that's oh. where, I, where, I, where I fell in love. I think they're considered craft. Yeah. No, I think they're pretty. Shiner definitely is still, in my opinion. Shiner is still, in my opinion, a craft beer. Um, why did you guys choose Dallas over other cities? And why, why did you choose this area in Dallas? So we chose Dallas. Um, it's not an interesting answer, but because we live here. Um, <laughs> but also, Dallas is kind of at this point where we have this opportunity to grow and to be this type of city that I think a lot of um, Dallas people want it to become. You know, we have the arts and we have the culture and we have the food and drink and we have all these opportunities to make that super authentic and and build it up in a way that's meaningful. Um, and we're seeing more and more and more of that. And so being a part of that from the early years, I guess, um, really intrigued us to be part of the foundation of something uh, there aren't a lot of breweries in Dallas. There are a heck of a lot more now than there used to be a few years ago, for sure. Um, some really solid ones, but uh, we have a long way to go, and um, all the ones that we have here are solid. Uh, really a community of brewers and people and beers, and it's just really great to be a part of something that's so authentic uh, yeah. and still pretty small, relatively. Um, so that was really interesting to us. And then in terms of being here, like in the design district area, um, zoning in Dallas is uh, it's an interesting game. So we uh, did not originally look to this area. Um, you know, we wanted to be closer to the Cedars or East Dallas where we're from, but it just didn't make sense. Uh, it, it's just, it, there are too many roadblocks in those areas. So. Um, we found this spot, uh, and we're really thankful that we did. Our landlords and our neighbors and everybody, um, even the breweries. I mean, in this one and a half mile line, there are six of us now. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna market that a uh, Dallas brewery district pretty strong here soon. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can walk to any of them. They walk over here. We walk over there, and it it really is. We didn't know it at the time how great it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were kind of in this tunnel vision of where are we going to be, where are we going to be, just open, just open. And then once we were here and people would come and visit and 
you know, give us their advice and shake our hands and have a beer, uh, we realized, oh, we've definitely lucked out with where we are. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've walked around this, this area, and it's a pretty cool um, area. I didn't even know that existed till the last time I was here. And there's a ton of, like, breweries everywhere and restaurants. And you even have the bridge, which is, like, a prime time thing. And you could just go straight. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, is there any any other breweries that have inspired you guys or still that are continually inspiring you guys? I think all the ones in Dallas um, really were the ones who paved the way uh, for us in so many different ways. And really, it's so difficult to start a brewery in Dallas still. Um, I know that we're leaps and bounds from where we used to be, but it's still so difficult that Anybody that does it is just helping the next person that's going to come along, and um, I think really all of them, you know, Deep Ellum's been around for a really long time, but the ones that are near us, you know, Petacolis, Noble Ray, uh, we are big, big fans of Four Corners. George over there is a super great guy. Um, we're very excited for them. They're about to open their new spot in the Cedars. <laughs> um, so they're all just really, really cool people doing great things, and um, they're all growing, they're all expanding, and uh, it's inspiring to know that despite everything that this city has, not in our favor, we have other people in the community, in the beer community, that are rooting for us and, and have our backs, and vice versa. So. Awesome. That's really, that's really cool to see that, like, you guys are so connected. Yeah, it's really different, you know, um, we were all in different industries and fields before this, and and it's not like a regular business. I mean, technically, yes, you are all in a business, and at the end of the day, you're trying to have a successful business, but, but it's so different in the brewing community. It's, it's really and truly a community of people that are looking out for one another and um, always trying to raise the other person up as much as they are. And um, we're really very thankful for all of the ones around here. I mean, every single one of them came to visit us when we were constructing this thing, you know, uh, from sun up to sundown, and um, they're all just really great and gave us great advice, and, and, you know, we send people over there, they send people over here, and it's just, uh, it's really the best way to be, and, and it can only mean better and greater things for all of us if, if it's like that, but it is really surprising uh, to someone who's not in the industry. Um, or just getting into it because it is it is super different from most other fields yeah. and businesses most definitely um is working at a brewery different than what you had anticipated it would be i don't think so it really surprised me that i wasn't surprised at how my day-to-day -day life is now i really um i mean i did a whole 180 from, we all did from the jobs that we used to have to what we're doing now and I think for all of us it was we were just so ready for it that it was a pretty seamless transition um, you know it took us a couple of days to turn around and be like wait where am I but uh, I think we're all loving it and um, I think we're all right where we were meant to be that's cool what do you think is the biggest misconception about being a brewer I think a lot of people think that we're just like hanging out at festivals, 
drinking our own really big beers and just getting paid millions of dollars. And uh, <laughs> that's definitely not what we're doing right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we do drink beer, but sometimes you have to do a taste test at 8 o'clock in the morning, which is very different than drinking a beer at 8 o'clock at night. Um, and, you know, we work a lot. I mean, even if you have a team of 25, you're still working. You're hustling every day. Um, and most breweries, their production facilities are not air conditioned. So <laughs> we are all in it together, just sweating like crazy because Texas is what it is. And you are brewing a very hot batch of beer. And uh, you get to be real friends with those next to you uh, in that way. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, um, especially for the ones around and, and ourselves that, that did everything ourselves. You know, it's, uh, we didn't hire people. Uh, I mean, we couldn't. We didn't have the, the capital for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a grind for sure. Mm. And I think uh, a lot of people see it as, oh, you just get to drink some beers, you get to meet some people, which we yeah. do, but it's, we earn that beer, yeah. <laughs> that cold beer. So, What is your personal favorite style to brew and why? Well, Will is the brewmaster, so we uh, just get the ability to aid him in brewing. <laughs> uh, I think the day that somebody else brews on that system is going to be a very cold day in Texas. But um, I think for me, I really, I don't know why, but I really enjoy scooping the spent grain okay. out of... Um, out of the mash tun, which is, you have a big shovel that looks like a toy that was just blown up uh, gigantic size, and you have a big tub, and you just literally scoop a steaming pile of spent grain uh, into said tub. So 9 volt has a heck of a lot of spent grain. So that thing is filled to the brim. So that is not my favorite one to brew. Uh, I'm more of a... <laughs> Mexican for the smell that it gives off the odor. That's a really nice one. It's also my favorite that we have. Um, but yeah, I think it would be the lager. It also makes it so much better for me to drink it by the time it's finally finished lagering. Uh, so we brewed all of these at the same time, our first batch, and Texican took weeks uh, to finish just because it's a lager. It takes, it takes time. Um, and to me, that just made it all the more sweet once it finally was ready. Yeah. Uh, it makes that labor definitely worth it. Describe to us just kind of like what, what, your, um, what your beers are. So our, uh, we have five core flavors. Um, these are the five that we've been brewing for forever um, and that we perfected in that pilot system behind our house. So the 9-volt... In the cannoneer, we've already talked through. The high point is we call it a porch ale. That's not a real term. Mm. We made that up. Um, but it's the closest thing to like an English mild. It's one of our lighter options, and it's just a really light, easy drinking beer that we call it our flagship because it's Will's favorite. It's what he would drink on a porch every single day uh, if he could. And. Um, 6-4, we call that the easy porter, an easy summertime porter. It has all the flavor and everything.
that's great about a porter without being heavy and chewy because in Texas, uh, really any time of the year, depending on what year it is, um, drinking a porter may or may not be something that sounds like a good idea with the heat uh, and the humidity. So we, we take it and we make it very refreshing and it's still dark in color, but um, it's not as heavy and as mm -hmm. chewy as some porters uh, tend to be. And then our Texican, that's my favorite. So that uses um, Mexican and German lagering yeasts together and uh, our black lager. It's the only lager that we have. Um, that's my favorite one for sure. So you guys have been open for like only five weeks. You just opened. How has that been? How's the ride been of you guys been being open? It's been good. Uh, we've been really well received. Um, we still haven't had our grand opening bash. Uh, that will come soon once the permit comes through. Um, but we've opened our tiny tap and uh, you know we've gotten out into some bars and restaurants and things and uh, people seem to like us. Um, we've converted some, some non-beer drinkers, which is Good. always good you know we need that other however many percent of people that say they don't drink beer but they just don't know yet um, but no we've been we've been very pleased um, with every part of it uh, the reception of customers and other breweries and um, the press you know we've gotten some really really great press and articles written about us so we're really lucky um, we're really lucky in that way. Why did you guys name it Pegasus City Brewery? We wanted something uh, super iconic to Dallas, um, and the Pegasus is kind of the unofficial mascot of Dallas. Um, my mom, growing up, and I think still today, she should stop, but she collects anything Pegasus. So I always knew yeah. about it and its connection to Dallas. And yeah. um, when we were thinking about something, we definitely wanted it to resonate with the city. And, um, you know, there are a lot of neighborhood uh, neighborhoods that breweries have taken their names after. Um, and we kind of wanted it to do the whole city because uh, it just keeps growing and expanding. I mean, we have too many people probably, but we're here for you. We're Pegasus City, so <laughs> we got the beer for everybody. <laughs> How can people find you or what's your social media pages and stuff and and where can people see what you guys are doing we have um, Facebook Twitter Instagram and uh, our website pegasuscitybrewery.com um, we're at Pegasus City Brewery for everything else um, and our tiny tap tap room we're open Wednesday through Sunday and our hours are listed there so um, we just encourage people to stop by and, and have a taste Cool. Well, thanks being, for being on the Loki podcast, and thanks for letting us enjoy your beer. Um, so uh, we're gonna bring your husband in and talk beer with you and him. So let's just take a break. We have a we have another special guest on the Low Key Podcast. His name is Will, um, the husband of Adrian. 
Um, he is the brewmaster and one of the other co-owners of Pegasus City Brewery. Um, so I hear there is a story to to some of these beers in the, the Dallas Metroplex. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, the 9-volt is our Belgian triple, and we call that the DP&L triple. Uh, DP&L is the Dallas Power and Light Buildings. There's several of those around uh, Dallas that are, or a few anyway, around Dallas that are very beautiful Art Deco buildings, which goes along with our um, our Art Deco-inspired aesthetic that we use for all of our branding and inside of our tap room uh, that we draw mainly from the uh, uh, architecture and, of, uh, and styling of the state fairgrounds here in town. Um, so the sixth floor is our porter. We call it uh, an easy porter or I call it a summer porter as well. It's, a, uh, it's got all the roasted flavors that you really want from a porter, um, but I find that the, I brew it with a nice clean finish. So, you know, uh, even on a hot day, you can, uh, I can quaff a couple of few of those. Uh, the Texican, oh yeah, the art for that is the sixth floor, of course, is, our, is the uh, um, museum downtown. Uh, it's where the site of the uh, Kennedy assassination, uh, where Lee Harvey Oswald supposedly, presumably, took his shot from there at the school book depository downtown. Um, the Texican is our black lager. That's our, uh, um, that's a, uh, uh, you know, it's black in color. It's a very easy drinking beer, but uh, we have a, just a Texas star on that one. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a mashup of a Mexican lager and a uh, German lager, very much like the makeup of Texas, especially down in central Texas. Um, yeah, do Cannoneer. So Cannoneer, um, the story behind that, so the art is a picture of a cannon being launched and there was a woman, Angelina Everly, who um, when Sam Houston came in however many years ago, uh, he was having a meeting of people to change where the capital of Texas would be. So it was gonna be changed from Austin to somewhere else. And she disagreed with that decision so um, to get people to listen to her, she shot a cannon into the building that the meeting was being held and uh, stopped it. And um, that is why Austin is still the capital of Texas. So a cannoneer is the person that lights the cannon. So we have cannoneer. So uh, the clock for High Point is based off of the um, mercantile building downtown. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it has a really art deco styling to it. It was built uh, in the 40s um, and it was the highest point in Texas uh, and maybe even beyond for quite some time. Um, so our skyline was really memorable in that way because of the really tall clock tower part of the building and then the spire at the top. So it's a high point. It's also the uh, high point of your day at five o'clock when you get to sit down and enjoy a nice cold brew. <laughs> so that's a bit of a dual meeting. My day at least, anyway. <laughs>
That's awesome. Will, can you tell us a little bit uh, about how you got the title, Brewmaster? Now that one's tricky because uh, you can say, well, uh, you know, basically based on my responsibilities, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, uh, right now I'm doing all the brewing, so I'm also the head brewer, uh, you know, and so, um, but I, you know, my responsibilities extend to quality control uh, procedures. Um, I'm overseeing our distribution elements. Um, so, uh, you know, um, it's a bit more, my responsibilities are uh, a bit broader than uh, getting the brews completed. So that, that's kind of what, a, you know, a brewmaster is really that higher echelon. Uh, I, being a somewhat, I would think that I'm a modest type of person, but uh, <laughs> so that, that title kind of uh, sounds a bit uh, grandiose in my opinion, but uh, you know, that's just kind of the industry word for it. Um, I don't have any kind of a degree or certificate that, that gives me that honor. Yeah, you just make it look easier. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if people that are drinking it, uh, like it they they usually use that word pretty well can, can you describe to us a little bit about um what hops you guys use well you know our beers are all as you've sampled here our beers are very malt forward and so we our real philosophy and kind of when we come in to design a beer we do design a beer together as a group uh, and then uh, all the take what we're trying to go for and refine that on a technical side to make it uh, happen. But uh, just from a philosophical side, we really want to showcase the malt flavors. Yeah. So we use hops, uh, I mean, hops are critical uh, in, in all beer uh, for uh, balancing out the sweetness that can often come with, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that comes from the, the malts. Uh, so you need uh, hops for balance. So I use um, different hops in basically every, you know, every beer has different hops in it. Uh, it just really depends. I use a sort of historical model for uh, the, uh, the basis of it and then um, basically bring the, bring the levels in line um, for, for balance. So, um, we don't really have, uh, I would, you know, our hops don't take center stage, so we don't have uh, specific uh, hops that you're going to see us advertising that we use, like a Cascade or a Mosaic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as an IPA would. Um, so uh, that's really the. You know, there's not a whole uh, lot to tell there. I mean, we usually do, I'll do, on most of our beers, we do have three additions in our hops. So we'll have a, a bittering addition, you know, a, a, a flavor addition, and then a, a one during the whirlpool for some, a little bit of aroma. So we do that, uh, you know, we appreciate hops and have respect for their place in the beer. We just don't highlight them in our brews. Okay, cool. What do you personally love about craft beer? Um, well, I love to cook. 
Uh, I love things that are homemade and crafted. Um, I love the, uh, well, basically, to begin with, I love the flavors yeah. that you can get. Uh, you know, in any kind of a, when, when you're running an operation that is huge as some of the, you know, enormous, uh, you know, 10,000 times larger breweries than what we have, you know, orders of magnitude. You know, it's, it's, it would be impossible for you to really have the same uh, uh, margin that you're able to take on a beer. You know, for instance, I mean, with, with a craft beer, you're able to, uh, your, your volume is much lower, but you sell it at a premium price. So, you know, you're able to kind of recoup some of that. Uh, whereas if you're a giant national brand that's competing with the dollar beer, you know, you, you're, you're, you're forced to shave pennies here and there. And, you know, a lot of times that's just going to, and also the handling of the, of the beer is going to be shipped here and there, pasteurized, stored hot, you know, it's just heated and cooled multiple times. That's just the nature of, the, of, of, of a giant distribution business. You know, yeah. it's, it's nothing nefarious or anything like that. It's just, that's just the nature of it. Kind of like a McDonald's cheeseburger, you know, it's a buck. Yeah. What do you want, you know? <laughs> so uh, what do you expect, you know? But um, so I love, you know, primarily the, the flavor, but uh, I also love the uh, idea behind um, people uh, knowing where they're, uh, what they're consuming or what they're eating or comes from and knowing the people behind it and being neighbors uh, kind of in a in a you know not to get too romantic about uh, you know the olden days or something like that but it's it's a little bit more uh, you know in the world that we live in now where it's so anonymous where you get products you know they're delivered in the dead of night by out of somebody's trunk from Amazon, you know, it, it, it just, it's a lot different than, uh, you know, coming into a place like ours, greeting us, you know, seeing the people that have sweat over your work, you know, over and, and put their, their love into what they're trying to bring to you. And, uh, you know, there's just something special about that. Being a brewmaster, what 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 advice would you have for anybody that wants to become a brewmaster? Um, well, that's that's a very tricky question. I mean, I, I have a lot of uh, things that I could share with uh, uh, anyone about opening a brewery and, and uh, the things to um, the uh, pitfalls and, and what not to look out for. I think as being a brewmaster, you know, there's really a lot of, of angles you can, directions you can go to, to attain that level. I still don't really feel that comfortable using that word. I, I have a pretty high reverence for that. Award. I think here in a couple of years or so, if we are, if I'm able to put out the consistent product and uh, 
quality level that we are doing right now, if I can maintain that over a couple of years, you know, I'll feel good about that term being applied to me. Um, but, uh, you know, for somebody that's interested in, in getting into the business as a, as a brewmaster, uh, you know, look at the different avenues and, and decide which kind of a place you want to be working at. You know, if you want to try to work at a, at a, a large, you know, international or, uh, you know, national conglomerate type place, you know, then uh, there's there's a path for that for sure that includes formal education and, and everything else. Uh, working in a small place and organically growing that up, that's, that's a great way to do it as well, I think. Uh, I'm always a big fan of the... Uh, apprenticeship methods um, but you know uh, there's a tons of literature and uh, online uh, media that that you know if you if you have the gumption to do so you can sit down and give yourself a course and you can spend hundreds of hours uh, researching uh, you know if you've got the uh, stamina for it and the dedication, you can pretty well self-educate yourself to the point where you can start designing some beers. But you know, you just gotta brew uh, over and over and over again to learn how that translates into taste. And, and then there's other scientific elements that you need to be familiar with to, to, to get your quality control methods down. So, you know, that's a multi, faceted um, job for certain. You definitely need to be a jack of all trades. Uh, so, you know, getting, uh, paying attention to uh, all the aspects of production, whether it's making beer or, or something else is, is just as critical to, to pull it off, you know, to, to run a production facility. Thanks for being on, and thanks for stepping in and sitting on with us. <laughs> we'll uh, see you later. Hey, guys, and thanks again for listening to the Low Key Podcast. Want to thank Will and Adrian for being on the Low Key Podcast. If you guys are ever in the Dallas Metroplex area, go check out Pegasus City Brewery. And go get a tasty beer and hear the story of their many variety of beers and where they came from or where they got their names. Also, go check out all their social mediums. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Go like their photos. Go like everything they're doing. And check out and see what they do. Now, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, write a review and rate us give us five stars it helps us out and if you listen to this podcast and don't subscribe to us subscribe to us on itunes now also go follow us on instagram go check us out what we're doing on on facebook and also go check out our website to go see the vlogs we're doing and the t-shirts we're about to sell also, check out for giveaways. They will be happening soon. That's it in low-key land, guys. Keep it nice. Keep it easy. 
Keep it low key.